What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Real, a moving picture podcast where we break down and review everything visual. My name is Alex Tajay. I wish y'all could see how many times it took her to record that little bit. I'll probably say probably about 15 times in and out. It's already like 350. It's been an hour and 50 minutes of her trying to get that first beat. Have y'all seen my Charlotte man? <laughs> He's lying. Charlotte McGee. Charlotte McGee. Charlotte McGee. He's lying. He's lying, y'all. He's lying. Okay, back to that. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all of our socials at The Real Film Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Like, comment. If you like to see something on the podcast, definitely shoot us an email, shoot us a comment or a DM. We're always open to receive critique. And, you know, stay tuned. Uh, check us out. Uh, follow us. Like us. Subscribe. And if you're not one for the visuals, we are also on Spotify. So we thank you. We appreciate you. And let's get right into it. You ready? Bro, I feel like I feel like when we start the pause now, <laughs> we should do a little like, oh, how you doing, man? What, what's been going on? You good? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about these movies today, you know. Oh, you seen Doja Cat? That's crazy. Yeah, all right. We're not doing that. We're not. We're not. We're not going to do that. that. Let's move on. Let's move on to our categories. I'm assuming he's ready, but let's move on to our categories, and that is our hashtag what's hot category. We've got a couple of things we want to review, specifically maybe some BBC content and things about our former first lady. So we'll start with Killing Eve. I'm going to let Shaka take the lead on this because he's somebody who literally just started watching it. Oh, I don't know, bro. Or do you do you want me to take the lead? I can take the lead, you know. It ain't a no problem. Great. You got a, a wider, you know. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. You got more knowledge on the show. Just, just describe what it's about for the people. Okay, I, I have no problem doing that. So, Killing Eve is a BBC America drama. Came out in 2018. So far, there are three seasons. Uh, it's brought to you by the networks of BBC America and AMC. It follows Sandra Oh, who, if you don't know who she was, who she is, she played in Princess Diaries as the principal. She also played in Grey's Anatomy, who, where she is notably famous for, and many other works of art. Uh, she also received recently, I believe, an Emmy as a as one of the first Asian women to receive an Emmy. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. She just received an Emmy for that. Um, but the show Killing Eve is follows Eve's life as a spy is not adding up to what she had hoped it would when she started. She is a bored, very smart M15 or MI5 security officer who MI6. is very desk bound. It's MI5. Six. It's MI5. I'm pretty sure it's MI6. But it I'm is. really looking at it right now. It's MI5. Can't say it's MI6. Pretty sure it's MI6. Continue. <laughs> pretty sure it's MI5 because they're not like full-on spies like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy like it's MI5 but back to the actual bio for the show that is promoted um MI5 security officer, officer who has a very deskbound Villanelle is a very talented killer and mysterious in a mood who clings to the luxurious the luxuries of her job as a killer Eve and Villanelle go head-to-head -head in a fierce game of cat and mouse, each woman equally assessed with the other as Eve is tasked with hunting down the psychopathic assassin. Sarah Barnett, BBC presence, says, Killing Eve stands out in a sea of scripted story as a refreshingly entertaining and great fun. Um, yeah, so this is the show that we'll be reviewing today. If you have not watched it, definitely check it out. It's worth it. You know, it's trending right now because they're in the new season. And... It's a cow and mouse game between two equally badass women. 
So it's definitely worth a watch. So I have my own opinions about the show. I obviously, you see Shaka has his own opinions about the show. <laughs> I'm going to give the opportunity for Shaka to give his own opinions because I'm somebody who's fully caught up with the show. And so I want Shaka to give an opinion as somebody who's kind of like been binge watching it. For sure. So, yeah. So when we decide to uh, review this show, of course, I wait till like the last two days to start watching it. So I've been pretty much watching <laughs> this nonstop. I've probably seen like 25 hours straight for this show. So great show, man. Great show. Like, what was I writing down? Yeah. Like, bro, the characters? Mm-hmm. Insane. Like, the characters are like, I'll say, like, how unique they are. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen a show where it's like the two main characters are the way they are, where you have like the the spy, like the un, like I would say, the rookie spy. Cause like, what was her job mm-hmm. before she like joined the mm-hmm. intelligence? Was she like a secretary type person? Or what was she doing? Sandra O's character. Uh, she was a secretary. What was she doing? Like, in the Wait, she was like, she was like more so like on the desk. So it's kind of like you're not really going beyond investigating outside of the desk. So oh, okay. she wasn't on the ground. So it's like this new character to this like world of like super you know, assassins and stuff. And it's like, she's falling in love with the assassin. And it's just mm-hmm. like this crazy, like, like you said, like cat mouse game. So that's super interesting. And it's something I think that definitely carries it. So it's like, uh, it's kind of like Blacklist, right? Or like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like shows like that, where there's like a, like a mystery or there's like a case or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it drives the show, but the whole time you're still looking at like the deeper things going on. It's mm-hmm. kind of like in that vein, in my opinion. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely something I feel like if you're like looking for something to watch, I think it's something that will feel familiar and like feel mm-hmm. kind of you know, but it'll mm-hmm. be really different the more you dig into it. I don't know, would yeah, you agree with sure. that? I think it's definitely like very interesting in a new take of since it's like first off is a protagonist and the antagonist is two women in like this drama thriller spy series that involves an assassin. Mm-hmm. Then you have this like assassin who is like lethal. And it's like she's lethal and it's not because like she's a woman the stereotypical woman who's like seductress or anything like that no <laughs> she's just lethal because she's she's a chameleon in a sense like she can really pose as any type of person or any being in any type of environment and you know fulfill her duties of being a, an assassin right. for the 12 for 12 which is pretty cool and then it's just also like sandra oh i think it's also new in the sense of like you seeing the protagonist falling for the antagonist and it's yeah. also kind of like is she really falling for her or is it like That's that Stockholm syndrome type where it's kind of like this person at any moment can come and kill me and hurt me and it's like you ultimately could get conditioned to like find some sense of moral compass with this person I, said, I, think, I think you hit on something deeper because i feel like we, you're right in saying we have seen like the whole like protagonist for antagonist even if it's like opposite sides of like good and bad or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like it's like it's tapping into that little bit of us that like like something we're not supposed to like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're experiencing we're like that the protagonist. Yeah. So it's like, um, whatever, whatever it is in your life, whatever. But there's always something that you know, like, bro, this is obviously bad for me. Everyone mm-hmm. can see it. But like, mm-hmm. when I go to bed at night, like, dang. But <laughs> like, I don't know if it's an addiction or something. You think about it, you know. And so we get to see mm-hmm. how that develops, how that grows over mm-hmm. time. That's really cool. And back to like the whole like female assassin, but she's not like this <laughs> like seductive whatever. Mm-hmm. That reminded me so much of. Is there a movie with uh what's her name from uh Silver Linings Playbook? A whole bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. It's a movie that came out where she was playing a Russian spy, and it was yeah. on the whole idea of 
being a seductrix. Oh my god, seductress. Seductress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, femme fatale, whatever. But no, like, it's not that. You know what I'm saying? That's really mm-hmm. dope. Because, like, it was called Red Sparrow. Which Red also, Sparrow. not a bad movie. I actually kind of like the movie. But it definitely plays on the same thing we've seen. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous and, like, is engrossed into this world of being a spy with no choice and all that no it's not like that this lady clearly had a choice i mean we feel like villanelle might have had a choice but ultimately like villanelle just ultimately just likes killing people it's not like a means to an ends for our assassin psychopath and it's just crazy to see like how many shows would you say you've seen where it's like the psychopath is like the main character and it's like a comedy whatever i feel like i've seen it before but i don't know if i've seen it a lot in like tv format you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I can like off the top of my dome recall something of a show that's similar to this. I mean, there are definitely some shows that are out there in regards to like cat and mouse game, but it's like funny. Like it's a funny type of drama. It's like a funny type of action where it's like uh, more so movies, but like yeah. the whole idea of like, oh no, this is really a killer. Here's really our protagonist who is supposed to be catching this killer, Villanelle, but she's ultimately like always protecting this killer, even though this person is wrong, like it's bad. I don't think I've seen something like that, especially not in show format. Yeah. I don't think so. Also, or movies. It's usually like a Hannibal Lecter kind of way where it's like he's kind of funny in his own sick, twisted way, but he's always like the intellectual superior, right? Mm-hmm. So, whoever is like the assassin or whatever. Most films are usually like intellectually superior. Mm-hmm. I don't get the feeling that Villanelle is like intellectually more superior than anybody else. She's very good at her job killing people. And mm-hmm. she like, I feel like her edge is the fact that she is a psychopath. Like mm-hmm. she just does things that normal people wouldn't do. And I think she possesses the ability to fully like embrace her character. That's one thing I want to talk about too. Judy Comer, who's the actress. She's mm-hmm. an English actress from Liverpool. Shout out Mo Salah, our boy Sadio Mane. Football is back. We in here. Chelsea, go Blues. Anyways, it's just crazy that like, she's an English character, right? But her mm-hmm. character's main nationality is, like, Russian, right? But she pulls off this, like, Russian accent to the untrained ear, which is me, mm-hmm. uh, very well. It's just, like, her character like, is always switching accents, is always switching. That's what said, she's a chameleon. She's really good at that. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. I think the actress did a really good job of, like, playing that role, too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dope. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I did want to talk about is the killing in this show. Mm-hmm. So, bro, they treat life so cheaply in this show. That's my only major complaint. Literally, my only big one. Like, there's other things, whatever. But in terms of just, like, flaws... I do think that sometimes they kill people for the sake of just like killing people or because it was the easiest way to progress the story. Point in case, I'm in season three, I think it was season three, when they killed, uh, dang, we're doing spoilers? <laughs> oh okay. my God. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, are there any other big topics? Hold on. If you do, yeah. do not want to hear a spoiler, jump past to our next marker. For the podcast, but okay, spoiler okay. alert. Well, I would say before the spoilers, do you want to just is there any like major things you want to say to, like before we start getting into this? Because I, I want to talk about the whole killing type of aspect of the show. I definitely do. The whole killing of the show. 
For sure, for sure. Also, too, uh, when we do our BBC episode, I'm going to come back to this and we'll talk more about, like, British slang and, like, <laughs> things, like, are confusing sometimes, but then sometimes it makes sense, but that's a whole mm-hmm. different discussion. But, uh, no, bro, all right, look, obviously there's shows where killing happens a lot more than, mm-hmm. like, be realistic and it's in a way to where like obviously like they're not valuing every life the same that's fine it's a show whatever but shows like game of thrones i feel like they still use the deaths to progress a deeper theme or like a topic like in game of thrones right when someone mm-hmm. died that was important that like you would never thought they would have died mm-hmm. it's because they were doing something stupid this isn't about the show like ned stark mm-hmm. in season one it's not a spoiler now bro it came out like seven years ago so if you haven't seen that bro come on so yeah, Ned Stark dies at the end of season one. All right. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yes. Um, yes. 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 Okay. 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 But, uh, but it's because, bro, he was trying to be this righteous character that mm-hmm. played the game. You know what I mean? And what mm-hmm. the author was saying is like, bro, fuck off. All right. Dang. <laughs> Forget all the righteous stuff. Like, bro, this is a Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is where you got to get your hands dirty. All that Bernie Joe is my friend stuff. Mm-hmm. Throw that out the window. You know what I'm saying? There's a deeper theme to it. You know, mm-hmm. killing Eve, bro. Do you get the sense that it's always tied to something, or is it just kind of like? No, I feel like ultimately, like, a, well, yes and no, because like a lot of the deaths are kind of like not all. Uh, some of the deaths are closely related to. I want to say, some of the deaths are closely related to what's going on with the twelve. Yeah. And then being able to like hide like them being this lethal assassin group or business. And then it's also closely related to okay, Villanelle is trying to like kill people who are close on her tail or close to like revealing her true identity. But then also too you have to show the fact that okay, she is an assassin. So there are gonna be times where she's just assassinate like killing people that we have no idea are closely related to the story. And she loves ultimately yeah she's a sociopath so of course we're gonna see her kill people that we do not know anything about them their relation to the story nothing because we have to see her actually killing somebody for it to play into the idea she's an assassin and she's a sociopath who is an assassin i get that but i do to play devil's advocate i do agree with you that there are some instances where it feels like they are just killing people frivolously and like we get no meaning behind some of the deaths or like an overarching type of like connection between the 12 Villanelle or Sandra O's character Eve at all, or we don't get it into like the very, very end and it's briefly mentioned the connection between them. So more like the way they die. So like Kenny, right? Kenny mm-hmm. was meddling around. So, I mean, obviously he's going to be in danger, but yes. I find it hard to believe that he is this super tech guy that works for the government and has been trained how to like do these things. And then randomly he just slips up, oh dang, I wasn't careful this time. Somebody came behind me and just killed me. And then he just threw him up the top. Like, all right, I get we're gonna figure out how that happens. You might already know. But like, I just mm-hmm. feel like that was really easy. It was really easy, bro. Also mm-hmm. too, the way in which they kill people, I, def- mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely reflects that she's a psychopath, she enjoys it, blah, blah, blah. But when they allow Villanelle to kill people with such ease, Mm. Right, it plays. It runs the risk of doing that thing in like superhero movies, where like you never feel like the superhero can die. You never feel like they're vulnerable. And so I feel like sometimes I feel like she more struggle with some of her kids. Like sometimes she literally walks into a space, bro, and like everybody's 
dead. I'm like, all right, bro. So let me tell you, this trained officer <laughs> with the guns and all his homeboys <laughs> couldn't do nothing with her. All right. Oh, it's interesting. I'll say it's interesting. Yeah, I would say so too. I would say it is a little bit interesting too because I do agree with you that like the whole element, that's also what's like, I think that's what also makes it more so not a drama, not an action. Because mm-hmm. like we get that whole like I want to see the struggle of the assassin trying to kill like the it's not prey. About that. Yeah, you're right. It's not about that. It's more so about like who they all are and their connections with other people and who those characters are. So that's why I'm like, okay, yeah, it's kind of like mm, I think I definitely need a little bit more. But it's also kind of like I understand why I'm not getting that because at the end of the day, it's not action driven it's more so drama driven so like storyline mm-hmm. connections with the characters character arcs and things of that nature would i like to see more struggles and like some movies and stuff like that with villanelle of course but i i think it works because that's not the ultimate premise between the story the ultimate premise is the fact that villanelle and eve are in this cat and mouse game of like can you catch me if you can't catch me are you gonna let me go that type of story. And thank God they're very good at that. Like the writers and all of them, bro, they're amazing because I never felt like, even though the action isn't necessarily like the greatest action, I never felt like, dang, I'm bored this episode. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'll see it and I'm reminded like, yeah, that wasn't that great. But then five minutes later, I'm back into the story like, fuck it, I don't mm-hmm. even care about that anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's why mm-hmm. it's still a great show. Amazing mm-hmm. show. Uh, yeah. I definitely think it's like one of those shows. It's great time right now because we're still in quarantine. I think it's one of those shows where it's really great if you want to watch something that has the whole cat and mouse, that kind of small thriller element, but more so drama based show. And it's worth wa- it's worth watching. And Sandra Oh is a great actress. Like Amazing. I'm glad she's finally getting recognition for being a great actress. Like she was not necessarily stuck, but she was definitely a part of that Grey's Anatomy like storyline for years and finally she's being able to break out and be her own person in a different show and be a lead at that like and her character is complex bro like that whole like having something grow inside of you over multiple mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. show that mm-hmm. it's tough bro one thing I also will say is that before we move along but one thing I also liked is the fact that like Sandra oh I feel like the reason why she like that's why I feel like maybe she doesn't necessarily love Villanelle is that, like, she relates to Villanelle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, she'll, we'll see moments where it's kind of, like, we can see how Sandra O's character is a little bit, has a little bit of sociopath or, like, psychotic tendencies. You know, the idea, and it doesn't really hit, hit her hard, like, oh, my God, like, I'm very close to being, like, Villanelle until, spoiler, she kills someone. And then she kills somebody because Villanelle like convinced her it's, it's what they nuts. have to do. It's what they have to do. So that's what just kind of like, yeah, we definitely see that with Sandra O's character. But don't get me wrong, I also say this too, just as much as like I'm rooting for our protagonist is just as much as I'm like, I'm so annoyed with our protagonist. Cause like she's constantly putting herself and others in a situation to be harmed by being Villanelle. And she has the means to put Villanelle away because she's very into, she's very mm-hmm. smart and in tune to like what's going on and where Villanelle is and very good about connecting dots. But her overall lust, love, or whatever, or being intrigued by Villanelle constantly puts people around her in jeopardy. And she never really kind of like sits down for a moment to realize like she's just as dangerous as Villanelle because she puts people, people in danger. Last yeah, thing I'm gonna say. 
is if this show was like mainly just like in the minds of like our two main characters, I think mm-hmm. I'd be done with it by now. Because there's a lot of times where like they do kind of get in my nerves. Yeah. But, they- <laughs> yeah, but the fact that we have like what's the the, the heavy set Russian dude that's like Villanelle's handler. Uh, let me look at his name. Guy. His name is Constantine. That guy is hilarious, bro. Like, that's my yeah. favorite character in the show. But, like, yeah. the fact that we have these other characters where it's not just, like, their comedic relief. Like, they actually, we're starting to get into their stories, too. And, like, mm-hmm. when we see how they act and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. gives us a nice break from the craziness of, like, Eve and Villanelle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with you 100%. Because that's literally how I've been feeling as of lately with, um, that's what I've been feeling as of lately with our character. Like, I just feel like they both, the, our protagonist and our antagonist, Villanelle and Eve, mm-hmm. they both really just be annoying the heck out of me. And then there's <laughs> also moments where I'm, like, rooting for them. So, like, I'm rooting yeah, for Eve to catch Villanelle, or I'm rooting for Villanelle to escape. Like, it's both Ooh. equally like that. Is that girl from, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, just, I just remember something. Is that girl from, uh, I talk about Game of Thrones. Isn't that one actress, the, the daughter from Game of Thrones? Am I, am I bugging? Villanelle? Not Villanelle. I'm talking about what's uh, the head of MI5 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the old lady. Fiona Shaw? Yeah, her daughter in the show. Okay, yes. Yeah, she looks familiar. I'm pretty sure she did play in Game of Thrones. That's, yep, she played in Game of Thrones. She was like a fighter. Like, she was like a swordsman or something. No, wasn't she the one who had the brother? The brother whose stuff gay? was... No, his brother's stuff was chopped off. Wasn't that her brother? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what? You know what I'm talking about. Like, remember when he was like, he worked for the Stark, so pretty much they had like, oh, took him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. yeah that's her brother. Eyes. She's from the shit people. Like, yeah. Ship, as in P. Like, uh, yeah, the fleet. I'm, I'm finding it now. Her name is Yara Greyjoy. Bro, she's so different in Killing Me. Like, she's real, like, oh, yeah. no. But in that yeah. one, she's total, like, that. She, anno- she annoys me in the show. Because it's kind of like, <laughs> this kind of like, mom, I just want some affection, some attention type. And Bro, in Game of Thrones, she's a badass. Something going on with her and the Russian dude. I'm not there yet, but I've seen little hints at it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I might have to finish that today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the okay. mom knows. She's hit. I know she's mom, hit. <laughs> mom, like, she'll see. It's in the most second to last recent episode. So it's like. Oh, is it still premiering right now? Yeah, it's on. So episode, season three, episode six, we see, like, mom, like, hey, what's going on with you and Constantine? So definitely watch uh, it. Now I know why we're reviewing. I was wondering, like, bro, why are we reviewing this show today? Now oh, it's it's it, a new season. We're in the new season. That's why I had to go to my little, you know, sites to catch up. Not sites like that, but come on. Okay, Those look along. Those are going to pop up side. Those are going to look. Don't click on that. Oh, God. Okay, now we're going to move along to our next topic of the day for our What's Hot, ca- what's hot category, and that is Becoming. Netflix documentary over Michelle Obama's book and book tour. The greatest family um, in the history of families. What did you just say? The greatest family in the history of families, right? According <laughs> to the American people, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Becoming is a Netflix 
documentary. I'm going to give y'all the whole spiel so y'all know what that's all about because I don't want to misquote it for any of y'all. But Becoming yeah. is uh, a documentary that was produced by Marilyn Ness, Katie Cherving, and so many other people um, will rejoin the First Lady, Michelle Obama, in an intimate documentary looking at her life, her hopes, and her, her connections with others as she tours her book, Becoming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's like an hour, it's an hour and 29 minutes. Uh, yeah. You yeah. want me to go? <laughs> you want me to take over for a little bit for you? You, you okay? <laughs> I know I you got some it. deep things. <laughs> okay, I can do it. Okay, ultimately... Don't ruin your career now. Shut up. Ultimately, <laughs> I love documentaries. I love documentaries. I feel like documentaries are a way to look at things from an unfiltered, raw type of, like, stamp storytelling sense. Is one of the most unfiltered or like straightforward storytellings I feel like that you can get when it comes to like learning about something or knowing about something that's happening. So like for example, the Ted Bundy movie is gonna have a lot of fillers and stuff to drive the narrative, and that's gonna be very different from the actual Ted Bundy deck documentary that you get, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you hear about Michelle Obama doing a documentary, you're thinking, okay, firm or first lady Michelle Obama. You're thinking, okay, now is an opportunity for me to get a very little bit more sense of who Michelle Obama is. Like, we're getting deep below the surface. I'm, I'm getting the inner workings of her life, the inner workings of her mind, you know, where she comes from when she was putting in different situations during her husband's presidential run, Barack, 44th President Barack Hussein Obama, you know. But I watched this and I'm just like, Oh, okay. So everything I pretty much, on low-key, I felt like everything that I pretty much got from the documentary, I could have looked up and got from Wikipedia. I'm not even trying to be rude. I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. It's literally like, it's probably one of those things that like pubbed the fact that it was getting a raw take of Michelle Obama that we have not been able to get. And then when you watch it, it's kind of like, oh, it's just kind of like the same things that we were told those previous eight years and now. Like we're getting the same thing. I'm not really getting, you know, her core struggles with being the first lady. I'm not really getting her core struggles of being a black woman, the black first lady. I'm not really getting that in depth, you know? A lot of this stuff feels like a filler and a imagery, a perfect imagery in regards to like sell the book and to sell this image of this first lady. And don't get me wrong, this could definitely be her image and much respect to her regard and her withstanding one of the most powerful roles that shit that's her that's her image she's the most perfect person walking on the face of this earth okay but she even she even mentioned that she mentioned that in the documentary was just like those past eight years was her just fighting to be the most perfect representation of herself or the perfect representation of a black woman in the most powerful position in america first lady so she definitely mentions that and we see that I was just hoping to get more beyond that, more in regards to like the struggles of trying to attain and maintain this level of perfection. Unfortunately, I felt like we didn't get it. A lot of people are very hyped about the book, but I can tell you there are some people who are still kind of like her book, her book becoming was pretty much the same as the show. <laughs> it's pretty much just the same as the show or it's like they people were expecting more from the book. 
you know, like I said, the unfiltered raw type of storytelling about her life and her role. And they weren't necessarily getting that with the book. And then it's really just copy and pasting the book into a documentary. That's my take on uh, it. I got Shaka, so many like, thoughts that just popped in my head over the course of you talking right now. I'm gonna try to like streamline <laughs> what I'm thinking right now. But I do think like going back to a couple episodes ago when we talked about documentaries, I know, uh, I don't know if it was you that talked about this, about how like people uh, are a part of their own stuff, like with Dr. Dre, how like you're gonna get this very watered down peaches and cream version of reality. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand why that would happen and I understand like her not wanting to get deep into that, but it's just best question, why do we need this? And so like mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I can think of two different topics it would have been way more interesting had they been like building to like you brought up the whole like her being perfect right mm-hmm. and how she said that and maybe they showed it for a second but they literally could have made a whole two hour movie about her really navigating like a documentary about her really navigating in detail like these situations like bring up a situation show how maybe like early on how like she didn't really know how to handle it like they kind of talked about it but not in detail mm-hmm. but how maybe like the repercussions Maybe talk about what did Barack say to you afterwards. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk about Barack, because I do have a note, like they on purpose wanted to keep Barack towards the, the middle and end. They didn't want to make mm-hmm. it like all she is about him because it is about her, the former first so, lady. So if that's the case, let's say you want to dive in on this subject, then F what Barack thinks. Let's talk about what the staff is saying to you, or like what mm-hmm. are the people around you like when you meet these advisors? How do you trust them? Or like how is that relationship built? Or like. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk more about that stuff. All right, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. You don't want to talk mm-hmm. about that because it's private. It's mm-hmm. White House stuff. You want to keep it in the house? Fine. Now let's talk about before you were the first lady. Let's talk about that challenge. Let's talk about how when you, if, if we want to, like, not make it about Barack, let's keep it about you, but let's talk about how someone in that position who's so smart, so accomplished, so qualified to do great things in this world has to put all that on the back seat, mm-hmm. on the back burner. Let's talk about mm-hmm. in detail how, what your emotions were like when that happened. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a first-hand account of like how someone gets through that. I can't imagine mm-hmm. what that must have been like for her. Like, she has mm-hmm. so many interesting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And she talked about none of them, more than one second. Yeah, we scratched the surface of all of them. Like, all of them. And I know you can't really go into detail about all of them. That's when you can really just like pick and choose which ones you want to go in detail with. And literally, we just got a scratched surface of all of them. And I felt like it was a little bit... I hate to say it, I felt like there were some instances that were not needed that made it feel like a little bit over the all over the place. So like we're getting those teenagers, those young women and their stories of becoming who they wanted to be. And I just like I me, mean, I get it. I get what they were trying to do with that with the young Latinx woman, the Mexican American woman, and then the young black woman, and then her being in these kind of like top like these tough talks with over her book with some you know indigenous groups or like high school women of color like stuff like that i get it but it was just kind of like for me we could have took that time into diving deeper into those two things she mentioned i think that for me personally those are the moments i actually did sit up i think michelle obama has a gift with speaking to the youth like she literally Mm -hmm. start a Twitter account and <laughs> just speak inspirational quote, say inspirational things to the youth of Black of America. Black America, I think that'd be dope. I think the issue is it relies a lot on like her just overall speaking ability because she's a good speaker, but she's not a. I don't get the same sense of her coming in the room like a Nina Turner, right? You know, like you know, Nina Turner is. Uh, oh, 
She's Bernie's campaign advisor. Oh, black woman. oh, oh, yeah, faintly. So, like, someone like that, right? Two great speakers, but one of them's way more of a, like, I command the room, whatever. Like, when I would speak, it's like, dang, that's interesting. If I'm watching this show, doing work, I have to pause, like, dang, what she talking about? I don't get that with Michelle, except when she talks to the kids. So I do think that was dope. And maybe it's just been more about that, because that's, like, becoming. Maybe it's more about, like, her on the road, interacting with these kids or whatever. But it is weird how they just kind of, like, snuck that in there for a little bit randomly like it came out of nowhere bro i was like mm. am i still watching the same show like but i would have personally liked them to just make a show about that maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that would be better mm-hmm. yeah also too i want to briefly mention before we move on to our next topic i'm gonna do the essence of time but i want to talk about how like we brush we talked about brushing over a lot of things and so one thing that really bothered me that they brushed over just like how i felt like it was brushed over during the presidential run was the police brutality and violence and white supremacy of black people in America during the time of having a black president. If you were somebody who was old enough to be conscious enough about the world and like America and police brutality during that time, you were probably somebody who felt like, and she mentioned that, that a lot of black Americans or a lot of Americans think like, how could we have deaths like Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, Oscar, all that, during a time we have a 41st president and he's black and he has a first lady who is black then it's also like during that time it's just kind of like okay what are y'all saying about this stuff what are you actively doing about this and it's just kind of like during the presidential run this is me i'm in high school so i'm up here writing articles about what happened with Trayvon martin i'm up here you know I'm up here writing articles about Trayvon Martin. I'm up here uh, writing articles and think pieces about white supremacy and like how, you know, just, you know, this, the structure of systematic oppression, all that. So that's what I'm doing at such a young age, at the age of like 16, 17, 18 years old, right? Going to protests, box, getting to college, doing protests for Mike Brown, like stuff, all of that. That's what I'm doing in high school in my first years of like college. So for me, oh, it was just kind of like, beer. if I'm, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Black Bear, Missouri <laughs> State, whoop. Um, if it, if I'm doing that, during that time, I started looking at, okay, my leaders. What are my leaders doing during this time? And for me, as a Black woman who is, like, trying to put forth action in my own, what I'm able to do, I'm looking at my leaders. I'm like, my leaders, my leader, my president, and my first lady, it seems like they're brushing over it. Now, don't get me wrong. They are probably definitely have the burden. They have a different burden of, like, okay, we're in this most powerful position in the world right? We're in the most powerful position in the world, and yet we feel like we can't do as much with this level of power. Yeah, so like that's Spider-Man quote, bro. Spider-Man quote. So all I'm, <laughs> all I'm, all I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's a great responsibility, but it's just kind of like, I didn't really like how, like, for me, because I felt like in my, like, in the presidential run, like, a lot of Black issues and experiences for Black people were kind of brushed over or just kind of met with, like, a very persuasive speech, but not too much action. And I felt like, using those instances of those tragedies of young black men and, sin- and women, Sandra Bland, who were lost during police brutality or instances of white supremacy, just to insert them in there as a brief talking point, I felt Loki was a little disrespectful. And I don't approve of it. But I didn't like too, it. It's, it's funny because that's like the major criticism of President Obama and Michelle Obama. It is like they're skating around black issues at times and so this is the perfect time to address it and she just 
Stay right. She does. She skated again. <laughs> Stay right on character. Like, all right. Well. Yeah. So just, just kind of like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we get the appeal of the Obamas. We understand, you know, what they have done and the great responsibility. The great responsibility that they still have and that they did have in those eight years. But just kind of like, here you are in a position where you don't have to necessarily be politically correct anymore. And you're not in the White House anymore. You can literally yeah. say what yes. you want. You can say <laughs> what you want and how you feel because you're no longer in a position to where somebody can call you for it. And so here we are. You have the most like freedom you can have in regards to being vocal about how you feel about these issues. And you're not vocal about it. And then you also grew up in an area where you did see a lot of stuff going on. And you talked about you experienced a lot of, like, white supremacy and racism. She really said, I'm from the South Side. That's all you know about me. All right. <laughs> Let's see. All right. South Side of what? Maine? Shut bro, up. Come on, she bro. She Chicago. Oh, I'm trying to bite my tongue so much on this, bro. I'm about to go full Dr. Cornell less on these people, bro. No. Okay. That's all I'm saying. It's just like, for me, I just feel like bringing up those deaths or bringing up like those instances of white supremacy and police morality and just inserting them just to be brushed over reminded me of like how it was experience witnessing that with the 44th president first lady and them happening in real time. It felt like they were being brushed over or skated over with persuasive speeches and speeches that could appeal to both demographics of people, but was always politically correct. And I feel like in the same instance, we're doing that with the documentary. And it's I just- disrespectful. It's disrespectful. I, for, I unfortunately just didn't feel like it was okay. As somebody who has family members, like, you know, great family members who experience levels of police brutality and white supremacy, it's just kind of like, I'm not rocking with it. As some, I am literally here, I'm a high school student. I was willing to put forth action in any means I could. But like, here you are, like you said, the most powerful positions, you were in the once most powerful positions and now you're like removed from it. And here you are, an op- another opportunity for you to speak about it and we're not getting below the surface anymore. Also, what is the that first is my critique. Do? Last thing, last thing I got on this for real, for real. I don't know. I don't really know the first lady roles. Let's look them up. Because bro, she did a lot of weed in that conversation. Why we did this and we did that. And my thing is, I feel like I am like a lot of Americans, especially ignorant Americans, you should know. It, ignorant sometimes. it says that the role of the first lady, ooh, it's not too much in detail about it's, it. It's a, it's a ceremonial, it's like the queen yeah, of it's. It said that basically that she organized and attends official ceremonies and fuck that the state either along with or in place of the president uh oh yeah oh uh provide informal advice advocate for particular policies undertaking a host of symbolic yet important functions so like she has to some degree a responsibility and roles because like think about it what was like her mo- what was she most notable doing during her time it's not our school lunches <laughs> I won't say that. But no, her, lunch, bro. her thing was advocating and raising awareness about childhood obesity and like children, you know, being able to eat right and Did being able to access bro, look, bro, stuff. What? I just thought about it. She didn't even mention that. That's like her claim to fame in all like yeah. Didn't even mention. Yeah, that that def- that definitely wasn't even mentioned, and that was like one of the biggest things. Like she had the whole like. Jumping with Michelle Obama, or like you know, work out with you know. Bro, but no, nah, she wants to talk about we on bigger issues. And here's my thing: is like, bro, we already think the first lady doesn't do anything. All right, most Americans think they don't do nothing. All right, whatever. 
in black communities, we treat Michelle as if she was the first lady really running things. And here's the thing. I, who am I to say she wasn't, right? But show us, man. Like, this is the time to, like, really, like, talk your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. We know what was presented to us. What is the documentary for? Yeah, <laughs> it's to show us the behind the scenes, the unfiltered, the raw. You can't show us nothing. Out. You shouldn't have one for another 20 years until you feel comfortable showing this stuff, bro. Oh, this, oh bro. This is a cash grab. Let's just call it this. Obama's got signed by Netflix. It's a cash grab because they're capitalizing on their popularity. And they don't want to mess with that popularity because once they mess with that popularity, no more Netflix deals. It's a cash grab. It was all to sell her book. They did good. She did a good job. All right, I, I guess, I guess. Okay, well, that's our opinions and the take on becoming under our what's half category. Yeah, that's what I said, our. I'm talking about the, the people. We're oh. missing it for y'all. You know, I'll cut you back, bro. Oh, God. Okay, but we're going to move along. Um, definitely check out becoming, you know, make make your own opinions, formulate your own ideas and your own topics, your own opinion. conversations I'm about okay it. but definitely look into becoming on netflix and check that out before you make your own decisions about it but we're going to move along to our next category of the day and that is our keep it short category so y'all we had a couple of things that we were supposed to watch once again shaka has let y'all down and has not watched our keep it short stuff does not have stuff for you once once again he has let y'all down so I'm about to. I see how that wasn't necessary. She didn't have to say nothing about that. No, no, no. She didn't have to say nothing about that. We would have moved on. I could have. Yeah, yeah. I think that too. We would have been fine. But she wants the album. You see this, Black America? What? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> but that could have gone really left. <laughs> ignore that. Yes, yes, yes. Just Yeah, just. Just stop. So I have something to talk about under our keep it short category, and that is Omelito. So if you don't know Omelito, that is on YouTube. It is a channel that pretty much all of its videos or products are short content, majority short films. Um, if you have not checked them, check them out. It's definitely worthwhile. They have a diversity in regards to stories, storytellers. You have things that are in foreign languages. You have things that are in English. You have things that take place in America. You have things that take place all the way in South Africa or all the way in the islands. Like, it's definitely diverse storytellings. You have things that are sci-fi in nature, drama, thriller, action, all of that. Romance. Definitely worth checking out on Melito on um, YouTube. Worth it, you know. They have two point two point five subscriber, two point five million subscribers. So obviously, there are people who like it. I am one of those subscribers. So definitely check them out. But I really want to talk about one of their short films. And keep in mind, Omelito does not, you know, necessarily uh, write and produce and script all that. They actually, these are like award winning or like really great um, festival winners of shorts, and they like acquire them. So like they take them on and put them on the platform for them to give more recognition and light. Um, so what I want to talk about is a the Omelito short film, and it's called A Burn Survivor Goes On. It's about a burn survivor who goes on his first day after his accident. And it's titled The Things You Think I'm Thinking. This is a really, 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 really good like short film in regards to like that anxious feeling that you feel. Like, I am somebody who identifies, I'm a Black woman, and I identify as disabled. So if you're a part of that demographic of people, or even if you're not, it's one of those ones where you can actually, like, watch and just feel like, 
what your character our protagonist is going through that insecurity and the level of like worry that comes with like dating and dating with a disability you feel so you feel just as anxious and just as nervous and just as heartbroken as our main character and it's worth watching so like he's a burn survivor who hasn't been on a date in years due to his burns so his burn um burns have caused him to be amputees in both arms um also you know just be disformed in a sense um uh, you know appearance wise and just him you know finally being back out there on a date and then him allow him having his own insecurities prevents him being able to connect with somebody who probably ultimately is just liking him for them or going on the date for him and it's just him having this back and forth of like are you really dating me just because you want to date me or are you dating me out of sympathy or are you dating me out of fetish or are you dating me for a number of other reasons that play into his insecurity i think it's really worth watching it also highlights not only like a black man but also highlights this a disabled person it highlights a queer couple so there's two uh gay men like it's really it's really great in regards to representation um it's definitely worth watching. It's also, you know, you know, acted, our protagonist is act, acted by, or portrayed by an actual person who is disabled. So this is himself. He is a burn survivor and he plays this role. So it's probably him pulling from his own experience with being a burn survivor in the dating world and putting that to drive his story or his character forward. I loved it. It definitely made me a little emotional. It's definitely worth watching. I connected to it on so many levels of like, yeah, being a disabled person in the dating world. That that is hard. It is hard. Especially like when you get to the social media platforms, it's like, let's be honest, social media platforms are superficial or or, or um, dating platforms are superficial. So it's kind of like automatically, are you physically attracted to me? So it's like plays into that, you know, I think it's worth watching and it's something I definitely connected with as not only a black person, but a person with a disability. And I feel like it'll be a great way for, to gauge some type of conversation from it. Um, check it out. It's called the things you think I'm thinking brought to you by Amelito, um, where Burn Sapphire goes on his first date after his accident. Worth watching premiered on the channel May 12th of 2020. So it's fairly recent y'all, but that's all I have for uh, keep it short. I think that's all we have. For keep it short um so we're gonna thank you all for watching we appreciate you you know i gotta give the whole spiel if you do not follow us on our socials make sure you follow us at the real film pod on instagram twitter and facebook like our facebook page subscribe to our youtube channel like comment you know if you have some suggestions of things you want us to watch if you personally are a filmmaker and you got some things that you want us to break down or review We'll be more than happy to do that on this show because that is what it's for. We are a moving picture podcast that reviews and breaks down all things visual. We thank you. We appreciate you. My name is Odyssey Tajay. Shaka here, back again. Uh, I was animated this far. We in the middle of the day. It's not like two in the morning. Hey, I gotta talk my stuff. I know y'all enjoyed it. I'm gonna have to do this again. <laughs> Alrighty, I think I think the people got what they needed. We thank you. We appreciate you. Peace out. See you.